0: for tuning in i'm sue jeffers this is the sue jeffers show we're talking about election 2018 we're talking about with two senate seats up for grabs which is unbelievable we have to get rid of both klobuchar and smith um but the nationally the handicappers say that five of the eight house races are supposedly competitive i think one could make an argument that seven of the eight uh, are, are going to be competitive. Um, I think we're going to see over $50 million dumped into this race. Um, the Smith Housley race that we're seeing for Senate, I think they're talking $20 million just on that one alone. If you look at Jason Lewis's seat, uh, $1.6 million has already, uh, been dumped into that 2018 race 1.6 million dollars it's just staggering the amounts of money that you're gonna see um and by the way i thank you jason lewis for voting on that ridiculous budget bill you too tom emmer appreciate that um monday we have a special election uh remember tony cornish had to step down for sexual harassment um allegations and uh um Schoen, Dan Schoen, Senator Schoen, had to step down. Ditto. Same for him. Uh, Schoen is a Democrat senator. Cornish was a Republican House of Representatives. Uh, there's a, those two special elections are Monday. The people in that race and their aligned groups have spent almost four hundred thousand dollars on those two races these are staggering staggering amounts of money uh, my prediction right now munson's going to win hands down uh, that's the republican running for the house and i think biggum wins the senate seat which it's it's a wash it's the same as what it was before uh but we have issues in the senate so we'll we'll see what happens with who keeps the majority there uh mark dayton has said he's going to deliver his final yay final state of the state address on wednesday march 14th so we have that to look forward to and the legislative session starts two week in in roughly two weeks i tell you about my friends at lea All the time they put out the best scorecard ever they are nonpartisan they focus on is what the legislature doing is it constitutional. How are the legislators voting? And I love these guys. I tell everyone, I tell all of you over and over and over again. It's the best group to join and it costs you $10 to join. You have a party once a year. That party's coming up real quick. Uh, and you hand out awards to people who did a good job representing us. And I know Don, president of LEA, Don Lee has been on before and John Augustine and well, some of the, some of the, I used to be on the board, but I'm too irresponsible. So now I just have them on my show and complain about whatever I need to complain about. But Don's coming on to tell us about what the LEA is, uh, about their scorecard, and about the big party coming up. Hi, Don Lee. Welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Sue. Thanks very much for this opportunity. I don't think you're irresponsible.
0: <laughs> I'm not very good at going to all those meetings.
1: <laughs> yeah, we, we talk uh, talk people to death. That's, uh, those but- are hard meetings. We argue about all this stuff.
0: But you know what? It's important, Don, and I did it for years. I know how important it is. I appreciate you guys so much for all the hard work that you put in to this. And basically, now I communicate with you guys via email or phone call, and it's just to say, "How could you not score this bill? You've got to score that bill. Oh my God, are you watching this piece of legislation?"
1: And we value your opinion.
0: And but you guys do such a good job. Oh my gosh! Do you know? Think about this: the the session starts in two weeks, done. they have already dropped, well, they dropped 2,723 bills in the House last year. They are, yes, Friday, yesterday, they dropped 162 House bills that were pre-filed ahead of the 2018 section. And let me tell you, there are already some doozies for you guys to start keeping track of. Yep,
1: that's right. That's okay, exactly right.
0: let's tell the listeners um, what LEA is, who you guys are, and what you do, and then we'll come back and tell them about the big party.
1: Well, I like to tell people that the purpose of LEA is just to educate voters on how well the legislators are following the Constitution. I would think that would be something that every voter should support. This isn't some partisan thing. This is, you know, our, our Constitution is just an agreement between the citizens of how we're going to do things. And they should follow it, and that should be easy. But they don't. And we try to call attention to all those things in every report. Uh, And this year, uh, only three legislators got uh, awards, and those are the ones coming to the banquet this coming March 1st, uh, which tells you that the rest of the guys probably didn't do all that well. They didn't get great scores.
0: They didn't. And when you consider they have the majority, I got really tired of hearing But Governor Dayton will veto it. Governor Dayton will veto it. I don't care. Make him veto it. Make him veto it. Have some standalone bills. And, and that was the other thing. When you guys were, you and John were on the show maybe a a month back, um, with your scorecard, I encourage everyone to go to the LEA website, not only to get deals. For, to get details for the party but also to look at the scorecard, look at some of this legislation, the good, the bad and the ugly because I mean, there is good, bad and ugly. I just I just really expected better so the idea that there's only three of them coming doesn't really surprise me. But you know what? The LEA isn't there to, to hand out awards for nothing. We want our award to mean something.
1: That's right. Not all kids get prizes.
0: <laughs> exactly! Exactly!
1: I, I'm excited about the- the banquet this year because the speakers are two really good speakers. Teresa Collette, professor of uh, law at St. Thomas, she's and, so smart, and Eric Cardall, who is a local attorney. Yep. And what they're talking about is something that's spot on with LEA, and that is why is it so hard for the average citizen to read the Constitution, understand it, and expect people to follow it. It's like these omnibus bills that have been passed recently. Now, the vast majority of the legislation these days comes through omnibus bills, and the Constitution says very explicitly every bill shall have a single subject. So why aren't they following that? Why aren't they? Yeah, this, this is very peculiar, and they're going to come through and talk about the court cases and what the legislatures have done to make that really hard, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It should be a great talk. Professor Collette is a great speaker, and Eric Cadal is uh, really a high highfalutin, high-flying attorney he's a a strategic architect for government litigation and he's going to the supreme court on the 28th to do oral arguments as i understand that's my case with the mva case that's That's, correct
0: that's my case Don. i'm going to be there with him i'm going to be there with him i am i'm a named plaintiff and i am so excited (laughs) you should there's no way minnesota should have a dress code for what you have to wear when you go to vote no way and an arbitrary dress, dress code at that. Eric Cardell took us through the first two rounds, which we lost. And then Pacific Legal picked up the case and they said, oh, no, 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 we have a case here. And Eric and Pacific Legal, Wen Fah's been on my show talking about it, too. I am so excited. Our oral arguments are coming at the end of the month.
1: Cool. And they're doing that on the 28th, I understand. And then our banquet's on the 1st. Right. So, so he doesn't get much uh, sleep between those two.
0: No, but that's okay. We have to keep him. We have to keep him busy. Eric Cardall's great, and I don't think people people might not remember. Um, Professor Collette ran for ran against Betty McCollum. What? Twenty ten. Twenty ten. She's
1: really smart. Yep, and she's a great speaker. I heard her speak several times, and she really, man, she can hold a crowd. She does a great job.
0: And it's, it's a great topic, too, because the constitutional perspective, populist versus conservative, uh, that's that's a pretty interesting one.
1: Yep, that's one way he's put it recently.
0: Yep. Okay, so yep. March 1st, it's at the Mermaid Event Center in Moundsview, which they just took the mermaid down. She's not there anymore.
1: Yeah, sorry about that. I
0: know, me too. Um, and you can go to org to get more information for the March First correct. dinner, which start the social hour begins at five thirty dinner at six thirty correct correct
1: and here are great speakers. These guys should be really interesting.
0: I know I think it'll be fun too plus it's a it's a really really um brilliant group of people it's don't you think Don don't you think? I mean, not only are they fun and smart and entertaining and all of that, but you, you, there's no small talk at
1: those. It's a dedicated, passionate group. There's no doubt about it, and
0: that. very dedicated and very passionate, and and rightfully so. And again, I want to thank you for all your hard work. All the people at LEA for the hard work. Thank you. Thanks Sue. All right. Take care. Uh, check that out. Uh, org. Really, it is a, a great time. Representatives being honored. Cal Barr, Matt Dean, and Eric Lucero. Wonder if I pronounce his name right. Uh, anyways, it's a fun time. Really, really fun time. So I told you that the, um, legislature starts in, in two weeks. I told you that, um, you You know how we have two year cycles, so one year's a budget year, the other year's a bonding year. Um last year they budgeted and bonded outrageous expensive huge amounts of money for spending and for borrowing. Uh sadly, they're already looking for this year at another billion dollar. Bonding bill. And it just makes me so mad because the Senate is out touring the whole state on their bonding tour. And they keep telling us, Oh, people want over $3 billion worth of requests. Well, yeah, when they find out you're handing out free money, of course they got their hand out and they want more money. Some of it's for the most ridiculous stuff. Uh, others are, are legitimate things that, that might need, but a billion dollars quit maxing out our, our state credit card. So on Friday, 162 Minnesota House bills were pre-filed ahead of the legislative session. It was the usual bills on utility rates and health care and bike paths and trails and sex trafficking and all of that kind of stuff. But there were some really crazy ones, too. Uh, Already, we're starting with the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'll tell you about them when we come back and what we have to look forward to in the legislative session. Uh, Stay tuned. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and twincitiesnewstalk.com.
2: Trailer for sale or rent. Rooms to let 50 cents. No phone, no pool, no pets. I ain't got no singing. I love that
0: song, Stan.
2: My dad bro- used to sing that me that song. <laughs> that is a good one. <laughs> yep. Roger Miller had a couple of good tunes. Oh, yeah. I was wondering about playing that one because you usually don't like the country vibe when I throw those in. So I was a little nervous.
0: I like that one. It reminds me of my dad. All right, everyone. Uh We're talking about what's going on at the legislature and... um I mentioned to you that they had already dropped what 162 bills in the house. They were pre filed ahead of the start of the legislative session it was the good, the bad, and the ugly we see every year. I want you to remember though, the, the 27, 2,723 bills that they dropped last year, those are still live. They're just sitting in the hopper waiting. They don't die and go away, all those bad ideas and all that outrageous spending. They don't die and go away until the end of this legislative session. So there's a lot of bad bills just sitting in the hopper. There's now, we've had 162 more bills pre-filed, so you can be sure, well, it's an election year, so the, and this is the House we're talking about. They're all up for election. Uh, you can be sure they'll be wanting to make a lot of political, Statements. Uh, so one of the one of the bills that was introduced was an act relating to education, prohibiting school lunch providers from shaming students, requiring meal policies to be posted on the school website, and creating a supplementary reserved fund. That's how. That's how detailed. That's how. How much the legislator is getting into the minutia of running things. It's no longer up to the school boards. It's no longer up to the parents. It's no, well, there's no personal responsibility for, for anything really. There's a government program for everything. Uh, but, but it's, really kind of silly at the minutiae some of these bills are going into. Uh, we had another bill that's creating a task force to study the design of the state flag because, of course, you know, it's racist. Yeah, yeah. So they're going to have a task force to study the design of the flag. No surprise at all. There is already a bill to increase the cigarette excise tax. Uh, that includes cigar rates as well. Because, you know, Democrats, they've never met something that they didn't want to tax until they killed it. Uh, and do you remember last year? Do you remember last year when the legislature so, so foolishly crazy? Uh, they gave so hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars to bail out Minsure, whether it was to the, the 300 and some million dollars to the to the insurance companies, whether it was the 300 million to subsidies for people already you've got democrats who want that 300 million dollars again for 2018 and 2019 uh they're going to want to subsidize insurance care for everything that's a huge huge deal that that is going to have to have to be addressed one way or the other health care is going to be a huge issue the other big one Speaking of computers that don't work is the MinLARS computer, which remember, we've already spent ninety three million dollars on this new computer, this new MinLARS computer. The Minnesota licensing and registration system. Ninety three million dollars ninety three million dollars down the drain and they need another 43 million dollars to fix it 43 million dollars don't forget on top of that they need another 20 million dollars every year for ongoing expenses so uh this is another one and remember when when uh Dayton handed out um, all those bonuses for the Minture executives who who mismanaged and bungled the Obamacare insurance exchange here in Minnesota. Well, I want to find out if Dayton has awarded bonuses for any of those people running to um, trying to uh, anybody who has the minlars contract because I want that money back. I want it back, whatever company that was, I want that money back i'm I 'm just so irritated at them. Uh, the other big issue that you're gonna hear over at the Capitol because it makes such great headlines, uh, is, um, sexual harassment. Uh, Jamie Becker Finn, um, Mae Quaid, and who's the other one? Oh, well, those are the only two, their house representatives. Uh, they are bound and determined to have a sexual harassment task force. They are bound and determined to keep this in the headlines as long as they, as long as they can. Uh, and it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Folks, our legislators are adults and they should know how to behave like adults. And we have laws in place to go after uh, people who don't who don't who commit sexual assault or sexual harassment or whatever it is that they're doing, and there are consequences for it. Uh, Jamie Becker, Finn, and and uh, Representative May Quaid—they're—they're they're just going to keep pushing that and keep pushing that and keep pushing that, and it's ridiculous. And they keep dragging out that Lindsey Port. Lindsey Port, you should be so mad at the Democrats. First of all, when you blow the whistle at your Democrat event about shown, when you blow the whistle, the Democrats ostracize you. They don't use your company anymore. They basically blackball you, and then nobody donates to your campaign. So whereas you might have been trying to use that as a springboard to run for office again, now nobody will even donate to you. You should spend your time straightening out the Democrat Party and leave the legislation to the legislators. And legislators in Minnesota, you should simply put ignore Becker-Finn and ignore Quaid because you have made significant sweeping changes. You've made it very, very clear. Uh, And we have laws. We have policies. We have procedures. You're adults. uh, I think uh, everything should be good. And well, I'm confident that it will be. Don't let them uh, drag this forward. One of the other pieces of legislation you're going to see out there is this affirmed consent, and that's the yes means yes sex policy. They're trying to push it on all the state colleges and universities. That's another bill that's sitting in the hopper over there where they're trying, and this is a horrible, dangerous bill, and I will repeat, we have laws on the books. We do not need to have the legislature micromanaging everything. We're also going to see a lot of stuff on water. Dayton has his hands into water now. You're going to have to pay attention to that. And MnDOT. You're going to have to pay attention to MnDOT. They're looking at more light rail lines. They're looking at more of the bus rapid transit uh, which is outrageously, ridiculously expensive. Uh, too expensive. They're looking at toll roads. Um, and and Richard called in earlier to talk about the uh, salt on the highway. I think they're, they're using so much less salt now that our road are more dangerous than they've ever been. We'll save that for another day. Uh, And, of course, every Democrat running for governor and every Democrat over at the Capitol that I know of, I can't think of one that doesn't, support a gas tax increase. Governor Dayton supports a gas tax increase. It's a horrible idea. Uh, I'm very thankful to Kim Crockett at the uh, American Experiment She put out a great piece that said, no, do not increase the tax, gas tax at a federal level or at a state level. Why would you reward bad policy? And that's the question. Why would you reward bad policy? One of the issues that I would like to see be a huge, huge, huge thing over at the legislature is our schools. If I had my way, I would fire everyone who works in the mini everyone. Who works in the Minneapolis and the St. Paul school districts. I'd shut them down. I would make sure the administrators and, and most of the teachers never worked in education in Minnesota again. I am shocked, appalled, angry, and, and yes, outraged that year after year after year, half our state budget goes to education from early ed all the way up to higher ed. And the quality of education that we put out in Minnesota is appalling. That achievement gap is appalling. And year after year after year, we let these students down. And to me, it is unacceptable. It is, it's outrageous and it's shameful. And I think the union has, has, has to answer. For these horrible, horrible results. And we obviously, more money isn't the solution because we have the worst achievement gap in the nation. It's just worst worst achievement gap in the nation. When you look at them bragging, we talked about this last week and the week before, Look at them bragging about how more kids are graduating. What good is if they ha- what good is it if they have a piece of paper saying they graduated from high school, if they can't read and they can't do math. You have some in the American Indian population in Minneapolis who have a four percent reading proficiency. You have uh, children of color, students of color who are uh, under fifty percent can read under fifty percent under twenty percent can read and do math. It is absolutely outrageous, and we can't tolerate it anymore. We absolutely can't. We've given those unions a free pass for far too long. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to tell you what the idiots in Duluth are doing. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about the strike. The St. Paul teachers are going on strike. Good. You're all fired. All of you. Administrators, teachers. I'd even fire all the janitors. I don't care. You're all fired. We owe it to our children in these districts for something oh so much better than what we're seeing. Stay tuned. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. I'm about- You doing, thank you so much for tuning in i'm sue jeffers this is the sue jeffers show twin cities news talk am 11:30, 30 dot com okay i gotta tell you about this great contest um you know my friend john gilmore writes for alpha news i love alpha news love the folks at alpha news love the their spin on the news um but every week this is their new uh, their new thing that they're doing. So every week they're going to have a media bias contest. <laughs> we have a target rich atmosphere here in Minnesota. So every single week um and the winners are announced on Fridays and I forget what you win at a super nice gift card or something. I, I don't know, visa target. I don't know what it is. I don't care. The whole point is <laughs> you win and you get to expose media bias at the same time. How great is that? So go to alpha news minnesota.com, alpha news com uh and hopefully you win and maybe we'll have to start featuring some of the we'll have to start featuring some of the headlines in that. What a fun fun thing. Okay, I'm talking education now. Uh, the St. Paul teachers decided that they were going to go on strike. The supposedly on Tuesday, they're they're meeting over the weekend, and and who knows? It's um, the St. Paul Federation of Teachers, which yes, we had to bail their pension out. Uh, includes three bargaining groups: teachers, educational assistants, and a group of other employees that include cultural specialists and family liaisons. Guns. I'd fire them all. I'd fire them all and the and and the administrators and everyone. I'd fire all of them. There are about 3700 employees including uh 3100 teachers and I just think it's just appalling uh what a horrible we've d- job we've done educating our children especially in places like Minneapolis and St. Paul. There's no excuse for it, Minnesota. None. It's shameful and it's embarrassing. So after they closed the, um, the school district said in a letter to the parents that the schools and district run childcare. Oh, district run child care. It would close Tuesday and would be closed again on Wednesday. If the strike continued, the district said breakfast and lunch would be available at several schools all and via a food truck. If the strike keeps going on, they will be setting up student safe, safe sites and providing food in case schools close. So you understand that the schools are doing oh so much more than just trying to educate our kids. Um, uh, you might as well wonder why they don't just sleep there, really. Uh, big ticket items that have not been resolved include, no surprise, wages, uh, class sizes, staffing for English language learners and special education students, and funding for the discipline approach, stupidest discipline approach ever, restorative practices. Um, uh, The budget has already projected a 23 million dollar budget deficit for this uh, current year and as yet unspecified deficit for the uh, for for next year. So it's just it's just absolutely crazy. And they aren't educating our kids and their demands are unreasonable. Shut it down. Fire them all. And start all over. The school district that made the headline news this week was Duluth. Duluth. I have a soft spot for Duluth. I went to college there. Well, two years. Um, had a lot of fun in Duluth. The Duluth schools decided to remove the books to kill a mockingbird and Huckleberry Finn from their curriculum. Oh, man, 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 man. The two books will continue to be available in the school library and they can be optional reading for students. What kid is going to voluntarily say, oh, I think I'll go read To Kill a Mockingbird and The Adventures of Uncle Barry Finn? Did you read them, Stan?
2: Well, my, my uh, theory in school was I would read the first like 10, 15 pages, skip the next <laughs> 100, read about another 10, 15, and then skip to the end and read and then do my book report.
0: How'd that work out?
2: fantastic
0: (laughs) you graduated i
2: did that's right (laughs) there you go i rest
0: my case and (laughs) thanks a lot no i I, I, (laughs) I, that was not a slam on you that was a slam on public schools and i will make that point very clear uh here's the part that bothers me so much about this the district intent is to be considerate of all students the the carry uh michael carry Uh, He's the district's director of curriculum and instruction. Uh, He said, are you ready for this? This is ridiculous. He said the district owes it to its students not to subject them to a racial slur that marginalizes them in
2: their required reading.
0: Has he heard the music they listen to? But at the
2: same time, there's millions of books out there. You know, does it really matter if we pull a couple off the shelf? I mean, I'm not saying I totally agree with it because of the premise of why they're pulling them, but at the same time, why does every kid from the 1950s till now have to read two specific books? Because
0: they're great books. Do you know, they even... There is no good book. Oh, I love to read. Oh my gosh, I love to read. Um, Do do you know how... um, Racism is a big deal right now. Racism is a big deal and structural racism and how awful it is and horrible it is. But it's really ramped up again now over the last few years. Um, one of these books is about some racist Democrats who lynch a black guy. And then you got this lawyer. Who goes in and they all have their come to Jesus moment and then the black guy is cleared and the racist Democrats are exposed and all is right with the world. Why would you want to ban that?
2: What if it was a Republican?
0: But then it wasn't. would you want to ban it. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's not, that, and that's not a point, the point. Um, actually, that, that book shows how far we've come. That book shows you how things are supposed to happen. How, in the end, the right thing can happen when you have people doing the right thing. And this attempt at, to basically how but to burn books of history with having books out there to that burn you can them. read
2: history books and like find Heather's out how mommies. far we've came back, you know, or came <laughs> along over the years.
0: Yeah, I would keep the books and I would ban the administrators that were handling this. And I am just this, this guy, this um, Duluth's District Director of Curriculum and Instruction, I am just uh appalled by some of the comments that he had to say he talked about how he doesn't want to subject them to a racial slur why would you want to treat them like snowflakes why would why would you want to do that how is that uh how is that teaching the children to be critical thinkers teaching them to something outside their box i wonder what is the uh percentage of people of color versus white up in Duluth. I have to think it's more predominantly white. Um, he, Um Like Stan, he said the district leaders felt there were many other options in literature that can make the same lessons without including the racial slur. Uh, this Michael Carey, the director of curriculum and instruction, said, we feel that we can still teach the same standards and expectations through other novel other novels that don't require students to feel humil- humiliated and marginalized. Really? Like what? I want to I know like what. He said there wasn't a specific complaint that triggered the decision. It was a response of the same people complaining year after year after year after year. Of course, the president of the NAACP's local chapter thought it was a great idea. They were just 100% on on board with it. Um, Do people not see what's wrong with this? Do they not understand how... The idea of education to, to make you think critically, to make you understand things, is to make you feel uncomfortable. It is to talk about things that you're not familiar with and and different and 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 to learn a different aspect of it. Um, the American Library Association listed the books as the 21st most banned or challenged books from 2000 to 2009. Um, and oh, sorry, that was to. Kill a Mockingbird um and Huckleberry Finn topped it at the fourteenth most banned or challenged book in a decade. Folks, you can't ban books, you can't ban books It's the most horrible idea i've ever I've ever heard uh and to make it even worse, the English teachers in the in the Duluth district were never even consulted. they were never even talked about you've got people who who uh, who are upset about the change and, and I know there are lots of books out there, but the, the teachers, they never even were asked if, if they thought, if they, if they thought it was a good idea to ban the book or to remove the book or what that, what books they might want to see put in, in that place, uh, in place of, of, of reading that it is just so crazy and people seem okay with this. I'm, I'm just, you know, it's not my school district. I don't care. Or you should care. Because this is happening in school districts all over the place. And, and you look at what's happening to the students. You look at what's happening to the critical thinking skills. You look at how dumbed down the schools are. Today I read a article about how Minnesota doesn't have enough programs for gifted children gifted children we can't even take care of the regular children let alone the children of color let alone the gifted children our schools are crap and what are we going to do to fix it. Uh, you've seen any. You know, I love that the Democrats say every child has a right to education. We do. Republicans say it, too. And we all agree. And it's our duty to ensure that children are educated. The definition of of that education is is. I think what we really, really have to have a, a discussion about the Democrats always say more money, more money, throw more money at it. But nobody's talking about what it really means to have a quality education, a quality education. And we have so many children, especially children of color, who are just children of color who have proficiency rates in reading and math where it's it's appalling. It's shameful. Um. Oh I wanted to I wanted to tell you one more one more thing about um in New Mexico. This is another um this is another school thing. Uh in New Mexico they're going to consider forcing students into state approved post graduation plans. I want to tell you about this because I am 100% convinced they will try pushing this again In the state of Minnesota, we'll take your phone calls to 651-989-5855, 651-989-5855. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Good Saturday afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate you listening. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show. So I just want to wrap up my comments, um, uh, about, uh, schools, because this is really important. And, uh, it's just shameful, the the achievement gap that we have in the state of Minnesota. So New Mexico apparently has some issues with their uh, school districts as well, and they came up with a ridiculously stupid idea, an idea that has been floated here in Minnesota before, and I firmly expect it to be floated again this year. New Mexico is considering forcing high school students into state-approved Post graduation plans. So if you want to go straight into the job market after you graduate from high school, no diploma for you. And what's really troubling about this is the bill introduced into the New Mexico legislature. The bill was introduced by a Republican and a Democrat together, together and they want they the these two New Mexico lawmakers want don't want the students to be able to collect a high school diploma unless they have a state approved post graduation plan uh since when does the school get that kind of power really Really? Uh, they do a horrible job educating our kids, and now they want to come in and, and, and have a state-approved, the government stamp of approval on your post-graduation plan. So just to make this clear, the students can't tell their school counselors what their plans are. Nope, nope, that isn't good enough. To get their diploma, the students will have to commit to one of the following. Attend college, either two-year or four-year. Participate in a trade or vocational program, get an internship or apprenticeship or military, serf- military service. Do you note the, the big omission, the giant omission, emission? Getting a job! That's not even on the list of government approved plans. I mean, how ridiculous First of all, what kind of legislators think that they that government should have that kind of power over over people? And second of all, that it's a good idea that you only have uh, that you have students commit to these four options and getting a job is not one of the options you just have to. I, The idea that legislators or the idea that a state government would think that, that high school seniors are their property is just so absolutely ridiculous. I just can't believe it. And then if you noticed, one of them said one of the choices was attending college, either four-year, or two-year, nowhere does this legislation address college readiness. Here in Minnesota, we have about 25% of the children who go to college are not ready for college, and they have to take remedial classes, which is another failure of our school districts. Um, but... Uh, and, this new Mexico plan does nothing to address that issue as well. So that I just, that's just my heads up for what's coming this legislative session, what we have to look for. And, you know, I know everybody's mad. I know everybody's mad about Trump. I know everybody's mad about the, the budget bill. And I, 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 Yes, I know people are mad and that's why the Democrats had so many more people at caucus. I think that, I think that is part, part of it. Um, but what I want to ask the Democrats is why aren't Democrats horrified at the corruption that we're seeing that's being exposed on a daily basis at the Department of Justice, at the FBI, at the CIA, at the IRS, at, at the FISA court? Where is the outrage by the Democrats? And you've got Hillary Clinton who provided lies, unsubstantiated and false information to Barack Obama, to our former president. And then these were used to get warrants to spy on a guy who was running to be the next president. Where is the outrage? The fact that the Democrats aren't outraged about that means they wouldn't hesitate to do it again. And when you have... um uh, politicized government agencies, weaponized government agencies, where is the outrage? Where is the outrage? This past week, Republicans made a lot of promises. They promised us they were going to repeal Obamacare. They promised, well, Trump promised us he is going to build us a wall. Republicans promised they'd get the debt under control, that they they had all these great big election year promises. We we elected Donald Trump. We gave him control in the Senate. We gave him control in in the House. And you know what? Now we see a trillion dollar deficit bill that they just a a, a budget bill that they just voted on. Now all of a sudden Republicans don't care about the deficit and debt. Now all of a sudden Democrats do care about the deficit and the de- and debt. Uh, we haven't seen the repeal of Obamacare, although we are seeing a couple things with the um, repeal of iPad, which is the board that determines policies for Medicaid Medicare. Sarah Palin called it death panels. That's a wonderful thing. Uh, we saw them get rid of the mandate. This budget bill is appalling. And I really want to thank uh, Tom Emmer and Jason Lewis and Keith Ellison and Tim, Wa- Tim Waltz for voting against it. Thank you. It was a horrible bill. It is not fiscally responsible. Uh, and, and I think people, people should be mad. Um, these government shutdowns that are, what, hours long are just ridiculous. I think people are really worried about the failure to repeal Obamacare. I think they're worried about amnesty. I think if you have Republicans who cannot repeal Obamacare, and who add a billion dollars a day in deficit spending, and then they throw in amnesty, you can kiss it goodbye. You can kiss it goodbye. And I really want to know uh, where uh, where people are feeling betrayed. Are they feeling betrayed by Donald Trump? Are they feeling betrayed by Republicans, by Democrats, by all of the above? I'm feeling betrayed by all of them. I feel like they've they've all lied to me, and they've all tried to spin things towards their own uh, towards their own uh, political agenda. In fact the one that I believe the most is Donald Trump and I think I'm not alone with that because we're starting to see Donald Trump's approval ratings come up. the Republicans yeah they still don't like you Democrats yeah we don't like you either but Trump's approval rating now, Tops Barack Obama's by four points at the same time of his presidency. Trump is at a 48% approval rating. Obama was at a 44% approval rating. Uh, when you consider 90%, 90% of the, of the media, um, and coverage of Donald Trump has been negative, that's just astonishing that, that he has that high of an approval rating. So, I'm I'm a 100 percent. Yeah, I'm a 100 percent. I'm not blaming Trump as much as I'm blaming the Republicans and the Democrats. OK, we got to stop because, Stan, we're not on air next week. We're bumped for hockey, right? That we are, is correct. Hockey, yeah, we're bumped for hockey, and then we'll go for
2: hockey next week. We'll have a half hour, but uh, that won't be much.
0: You're going to cover that. You've got oh, that covered. You've got some exciting things to talk about. What are you going to talk about on your show today?
2: Uh, what are we going to? do? Oh, we got a hall of famer Terry tackle or tackle Terry Tuma. Late season ice fishing. We're embracing the cold on outdoor Adventures.
0: I'm yeah. You embrace Remember the cold. Then we're
2: going to the border, to Lake of the Woods. After that,
0: oh my gosh! Last week you went up fishing in Lake Mille Lacs.
2: Yeah, you said it, was it wasn't fun. wasn't very yeah. good fishing. Yeah, it was kind of bad, and bad news for Malax. We'll talk about that. I'm going to get my buddy Kudak going because he is all up in arms because catch and release again this year on Mille Lacs. I'd so, be
0: mad, too, and uh, I don't he, understand do you that. you ever want
2: to get him fired up, boy? That's all you got to mention is that.
0: You know, you've got the government making some horrible decisions up there. If I were a resort owner or a fisher person or anyone up there, I'd be fit to be tied. Yeah, it sucks. I mean how do they where do they get off telling us how many fish can be in the
2: lake? Well there's other political uh it's all political too, with it's the,
0: all political.
2: With the bands up there, so yeah,
0: with the Indian yeah, the yeah. Uh Indian tribes, right. Um okay. So we won't be here next week. Go check out for the LEA banquet, which which is coming up there, and I'll have to keep you posted on my court date too, because I, another I didn't get to it again. And this you can time. catch
2: up with all your previous shows they missed on iHeartRadio too next week.
0: Exactly, a Sue Jeffers
2: binge weekend.
0: I like it. Yeah. Have a great week, everyone. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk AM eleven thirty, and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. dot com.